You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. I am your host, Tony Lopes, and with me today remotely is Luke Bowen of Evil Genius. Hey, Luke, what's going on, man? Hi, Tony. How's it going, man? Yeah, thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. Obviously, we're both uh, in quarantine because of COVID-19 still. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit about how Evil Genius has transitioned through this tough time, the, the amazing things that you guys have done to keep the business afloat. And also, obviously, your work as a venture capitalist, for lack of a better term, in the consumer packaged goods space. You've provided a lot of other businesses with advice. You've provided a lot of uh, business therapy, as you were saying right before we started recording, to other businesses. So it'll be interesting to get your perspective on a lot of what we can do to improve our situation, if you will. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sounds great, man. Awesome, man. Let's do it. So tell us right now what Evil Genius is doing to combat this. I know you're doing in beer lab pickups, in-store pickups. And you were saying your wholesale business is still doing really well. So bring us up to speed. Where are we at? How did you make the transition? Walk us back to when we first went into quarantine and how that affected you and how you dealt with it. Yeah, I mean, it was really crazy when we first first went into quarantine. So um, the week of March 16th, uh, Governor Wolf ordered all businesses, uh, non-essential businesses to close, including bars and restaurants. So uh, we're a craft brewery. We sell uh, you know, craft beer on draft as well as packaged beer. And one of our large channels is on-premise, which is bars and restaurants. We own one as well in Fishtown. So having all of those being forced to close down was really scary um, because that meant that you know, our in-house source of revenue was not going to come. And, you know, a lot of our customers weren't going to be open either. Uh, and, you know, even within the essential business kind of framework, nobody knew what was really going on. So, you know, would beer even be considered essential? And the answer is yes, which is awesome. So, <laughs> um, so uh, which, which, uh, you know, is, is great. So like we, uh, you know, decided to shift our entire strategy to our like packaged goods stores as well as our grocery and retailers and what's really uh keeping evil genius moving right now is like our placements and like Wegmans and total wine and weiss and giants whole foods and like all these other places sheets um mm -hmm. acme so like you know that's really what's driving the business right now is chain and uh our package sales are up like 45 percent wow. um doesn't quite cover all of the losses of draft though i mean we're still not you know we april is our first down down month year over year that we've ever had in the history of the company nine years so wow. um you wow. know that's a sobering feeling um but at the same time um you know we have something to hold on to and those package sales are really increasing by the week so you know, it's going to take a little while, but the country will reopen and we'll get things back to somewhat normal. And we're just happy that, you know, game's not over, but that we've been able to weather the storm this far and, you know, learned a lot. And hopefully we'll be able to apply some of that stuff going forward. Yeah. And that's a that's a great point you bring up. And my my next question is, how do you deal with this from a management perspective? Right. Are, are you it sounds like you're looking at the numbers, obviously, and you're like, wow, this is the first time we've been this far below where we expect to be. But do you have to take a step back at that point and say, okay, this is COVID-19 related clearly. So let's not dive into the numbers too much. Let's not allow it to cloud our, our judgment and our positivity going forward. 
yeah, I don't focus on the numbers, um, you know, as much as I used to. I mean, I, it is, of course, all COVID-19 related. Like we were we were growing at about 35 percent wow. uh, year to date before this happened. Yeah. And, and so, like, you know, we've you know, we just got whacked like, you know, like everybody did. We just you know, the, the water shut off and we just got totally whacked mm-hmm. and you know, it was no fault of our own. So like, I've definitely like, you know, forgiven myself for not seeing this as coming or having all the answers, right? Like there's a certain part of you that you have to just take a step back and really like say, Hey, like this isn't anybody's fault. It's not like we made a bad decision. This is just something that happened. And, you know, I think part of, you know, part of leading through a crisis like this is really taking a lot of like time to like self reflect because like we are in a crisis. So like everything, that we've learned up until this point about how our business functions or all of our behavior is now changed. And, you know, you have to be as agile as you possibly can to be able to jump from situation to situation and pivot um, and not get lost in sort of analysis. You have to just take action. And, you know, we were very quick and deliberate about how we, you know, kind of, you know, hunkered down for the winter um, at Evil Genius. And then as we saw things kind of improve and started to figure out ways, like we reopened up the tap room and made mm-hmm. it a big beer store where you can get like six packs and growlers and crawlers and been really leaning heavily on like delivery services like GoPuff and uh, Quick Sip and stuff. So, you know, there's there's been a lot of that. And so we've changed our business model in the interim to, you know, kind of account for what's going on with COVID-19, but fully expect eventually to get it back up and running. But, you know, we, we think it's going to be you know, about six months until we're back at like, wow. you know, basically like 50%. If we, if we if, it's going to be six months before we regain half of what we've lost right. and a full 12 months before we're going to get back to that, you know, sort of normal ebb and flow. So right. that's just right. kind of what we're predicting. Um, and if it's sooner than that, great. If it's, you know, a little longer than that, we can still, we can still make it work. Right. And there were a couple beers that you guys released basically during the quarantine, right? Brand new beers that, that were released during the quarantine. So tell us about those. And did you ramp up that release or were they pegged to be released during that time period to begin with? I mean, you know, we already had the, the beers were literally done and waiting to go. And then COVID happened. So they were like, we released a beer called a felt cute might feed my husband to a tiger later. (laughs) I don't know. And then we, uh, the gang gets, then uh, the gang gets quarantined. We released that too. So like, you know, there's, um, yeah, I mean, those were beers that like we had the gang gets quarantined. We made specifically for this felt cute might, uh, you know, uh, feed my husband to a tiger later. Like that beer was like just done fermenting when COVID came out and we're like, all right, well, we've got to name this, this something fun. And like, you know, that's kind of our thing is we're, we're light on our feet and really try to make, make fun of everything and make jokes of it at least as best as we can. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you, you kind of ramped up release on that one at least, right? The felt cute might feed my husband to a tiger later. I don't, I DK, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was yeah, we that- ramped it up as best as we could. I mean, you know, there, there are just limitations right now. Like everything right. is not, you know, everything is not operating at a hundred percent. We don't, and no one has a hundred percent of their capabilities. So like, we just had to say, okay, well, we have this beer, you know, we were, everybody's watching Tiger Kings. It's hilarious. And, you know, we just decided to do something fun around that. And that's, you know, 
that's just kind of how you have to be agile and kind of just roll with the punches. And that's, you know, there wasn't, that was a reactionary thing. Like, like we weren't proactive about that. Um, and you know, that's just kind of how you have to react to what's being given around you, you know? Yeah. How, how has your team been dealing with all of this? Are there things that you're implementing to obviously to protect them? I'm sure there are things that you're, you're doing so that you can maintain your, your, uh, beer store now, you know, converted beer store, right? It's like yeah, yeah, war, yeah. W- wartime beer store. I don't know what you want to call no, it. No, right? it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we have like increased like sanitizing and safety procedures in the place. Like everybody has to stand six feet apart. Right. Everybody has to wear masks and gloves. Customers have to wear masks. So like, yeah, I mean, we've been 100% to letter of the law on that side. Right. Um, you know, a lot of the other team is working remotely. We've had a lot of our meetings via Zoom and everybody's been doing things digitally, um, which I think is, is interesting because it's definitely going to be, it definitely opens up like, you know, the possibility of, you know, not having to do as much business travel. Like I'm still doing the same amount of business and like having face to face conversations with people and I have to like, jump on a plane and get a hotel, you know? So like, I think that, you know, that's definitely something in the industry that's going to pivot. But, um, you know, we're just really, it's hard to forecast out too far mm-hmm. because everything is just happening so quickly and things are changing so quickly. So, you know, you really have to just get a sense of like, okay, where are we now? What, cause we have to manage inventory right. and all this stuff. So like right. there's this added supply chain aspect to what we do. So that's, you know, and, and one ripple in the supply chain, like has like effects like down their line too. So like, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it definitely is mentally challenging if nothing else. Yeah. And how are you doing from a mental health perspective and what are you doing to maintain your mental health since you have to lead your team? I know you have, you have a partner that you work with, but at the same time, you know, you, you seem to be at the front of the ship sort of, you know, giving direction and trying to keep everybody headed in the same direction. Right. Yeah, no, I'm lucky. So I have, I have company, like my girlfriend's staying with me and my little brother who lives in Queens, New York, has moved in with me for about a month because New York City's in right. its own mess. Right. Um, so like, you know, we've been cooking and like having happy hour, like after work, like at the house, you know, like, so we've just been doing some of those like social things. Like we watched a bunch of like, like old movies and watch like the mighty ducks and nice. jaws and the goonie, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just, it's stuff like that that just, you know, yeah, it does it, look, it sucks. Like, of yeah. course it sucks, but like, I, you know, we're around other people, we're all around each other. And I think that that is definitely what's keeping us in a good headspace right now. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, I, I mean, my wife and I, it's my wife and I and the two dogs in our case, and uh, we've been watching a lot of Baywatch remastered. We've kind of rediscovered nice. that uh, apparently remastered makes it even a little bit better. Uh, like there's it. a lot I of like montages it. in that series, believe it or not. It's like three <laughs> an episode. So wow. yeah, I agree with you. You just have to do whatever little things you can, you know. We did a, a Zoom game night with some friends. I've been, you know, spending a lot of time on the phone with with a couple of other friends um, doing that kind of stuff just to kind of keep our mental sanity going. Right. So, yeah, totally. so going back to your, your role as a venture capitalist, you work with mm-hmm. a lot of consumer packaged goods companies. You provide them with a lot of advice, a lot of startups in that space. So how have you been working with them? What, what trends have you been seeing and how have you been helping them to stay afloat? I mean, I think that the only thing that you know, I mean, we're all in the same boat. So I think right now we all come at it really as peers, like trying to sort of compare notes and say like, all right, what are you doing? What are you seeing? Um, and just try to be like as collaborative as possible with everyone I've talked to. It's like, 
you know, there, there aren't enough ideas right now. Like everybody's kind of, you know, stuck. So it's like, all right, who's thinking about it in this way? Like where can we gain some extra perspective? And I think that that's actually been the most helpful thing is that, you know, there definitely have been people that have getting, that have gotten sight lines on strategies or, you know, been able to help predict things well and have shared that wisdom with everybody. And then it's just really that kind of just camaraderie, honestly, just, just like talking to other people and just, you know, you know, we're not, no, no one's in this alone. Like everybody's having a hard time and that doesn't make it easier, but it also, you know, allows you to, you know, find some, you know, fraternity and other people with other people that are, you know, experiencing the same thing. So that's really been more what it's about is, is just like, Hey, who's, who's thinking, who's got a good idea, you know, where is everybody, you know, who needs some help? Like, you know, because we all do right now. Right. And to your point, I I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I've noticed the same thing on my end that this, like any crisis, this tends to breed a sense of togetherness, right? It brings people Mm -hmm. together. And it's one of the, not that there are a lot of positives to take out of this, obviously, it's a horrible disease and all of those things. But uh, one of the positive things, if you want to try to focus on the positives, is that it's opening up people's minds to maybe I should collaborate with my stakeholders or even with some competitors or reach out to people just because we all need help, like you said. So uh, yeah, it's offered some really interesting opportunities. So what's your, let's say, what are your three best practices that you would give in terms of advice to other business owners who are maybe struggling, who are, who are really having a hard time with this? What would be your top three items to say to them that they should start doing to try to turn things around. Yeah. I just jotted that down. Like when you said that, I mean, you know, you have to, you have to like really get back to like at your core, like what you stand for and like, what's your why. And like, cause I think that that definitely like challenges people. It's like, Oh shit. Well, I just lost, you know, a lot of business or I just lost my job or I just, you know, my company's in trouble. Like, you know, what, you know, but then really remembering why you're doing this in the very beginning that like, Hey, I really love this. and I'm very passionate because if you don't truly love something, you'll never do as much work as it's going to need to get out of this situation right now. So really being okay with that and understanding what your real purpose is. And if you know what, also then like, you know, if your heart's not in it, then you know, not to waste time and go do something else. (laughs) Um, you know, and then like, just trying to like, you know, after you like after that, just figure out like you know what what is it about your business that you need to ch- or your your situation that you need to change right now? Like what what are your what are the biggest things that you need to address first? And actually not procrastinating and start working on the hard ones um, because we tend to solve the easy problems first, so we feel like we're accomplishing something, but actually they're not as meaningful as the big <laughs> challenging problems. Um, and then just like also you know, like really taking time to do something that you enjoy, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, like use this time as the gift that it is like, we wouldn't choose to be here, but you know, it's a nice little reset button that we can press. And so like, you know, choose to use it wisely and devote some of your time and attention to something, you know, with yourself that maybe you needed to work on, you know, maybe you want to play more guitar or whatever, you know, like do that. So, you know, make, making sure that you do something, productive with the abundance of time that you've all of a sudden been gifted. Yeah, that's a great point. I think people also, and we've all gone through phases. I think we're all going on the same roller coaster, just at different parts of the ride. Right. And we all go through that phase where you're kind of at home and you feel demotivated. And the best thing for that 
which is usually the hardest thing is to get your ass off the couch and do something. Right. right. Yeah. The, even if it's something small and you're chipping away, but at least heading in a positive direction can be a big improvement. So what are the uh, consumer packaged goods businesses that you're working with? What different areas are they in? And what are you seeing from from them aside from collaboration? What are they doing really well? And what are some of the pitfalls that they're falling into that without naming any names you're seeing so that people can maybe be aware of them? Well, I mean, you know, the whole CPG company, uh, CPG industry is really taking a hit because most of it is predominantly in shoppable retail. Right. And so, you know, for a lot of like we, you know, we know and work with a lot of food and beverage companies because that's really what we know. And, you know, that has taught me that, you know, wow, like everybody in our space is really dependent on brick and mortar retail and, you know, having, you know, the best companies, you know, have non-perishable goods that have like an e-commerce platform, but, you know, your, your, you know, beer and alcohol and food and, you know, juice and stuff like that. Like, you know, those companies all really depend on brick and mortar retailers to present their product. And so it's not really efficient to ship it it's too heavy to ship, you know, on ice and stuff overnight. So like, you know, that's, that's, that's the real issue. And, you know, is, you know, how does that get combated? And, uh, you know, that, that's a question that remains to be answered. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, are there new things that you're seeing new trends that you're seeing in the CPG world that are coming about, whether it's technological or whether it's just reactionary because of what we're undergoing? that you see as becoming long-term solutions to prevent this from happening in the future? I mean, yeah, the e-commerce piece, sure. But I also think that like, you know, unfortunately the the shift is going to go to the larger big box retailers over time because they just have a critical mass and scale. And so, right. you know, I think people are just really going to have to, you know, embrace that channel more so than they, you know, because we, we want to shop local and support our local stores. Um, and I think in addition to that, people are going to have to really start going after the bigger, you know, not just relying on, you know, a handful of specialty accounts. I think they're going to have to really start playing in the chain a lot more. Interesting. So you think that because of the sort of volatility that exists with having a smaller distribution channel, they have to go to these bigger channels to be able to ride these kinds of storms if they happen again? Yeah, I mean, because you just need a diversity of customer. Um, and I think that you know, we, we have that, but some people don't. And I'm, I'm seeing the people that don't have that level of diversity and we could even use more, but that don't have any diversity at all, um, are just really getting hurt and it's nobody's fault. It sucks. Um, but you know, one of the realities after it is like, Oh, wow, this is how things are going to be different. This is how we're going to have to figure it out. Right. Now you're a, a great marketing mind. You come up with great ideas. We were just talking about some of the beers that you've, you've released even during this quarantine what are your best practices or advice for somebody who maybe is struggling with that part of the business? Because I personally think, and I, I think you might agree with me here, that there's a lot of opportunity right now to start to generate content, right? I mean, people are at home yeah. just naturally. I know there's a little bit of an over overwhelming amount of content right now, but it's a good opportunity right now to start developing perhaps a podcast or a YouTube channel or, you know, you up your organic campaign on social media or whatever. So what are your three best practices for that, for developing a campaign? What's your strategy usually? I mean, our strategy always is to stay relevant and humorous. I mean, you know, is, is it, is it relevant and is it funny? 
And those, those are my, cause you know, people like humor and especially right now, like, you know, it's really good for the soul. Um, also number two, like be sensitive for sure, because this is a pandemic and people are getting sick and like, you know, people are losing loved ones. So right. you, you really want to make sure that you respect everybody in their space. Um, but you know, it's also like, you know, last but not least, just be proactive and just go out and do stuff. Just like put it out there, like get it going, you know, like, like, you know, there's, there's no time like now to get started. We have, we have time, which is crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, how are your, how is your team dealing with it from a mental, mental health perspective? And are you seeing any issues with keeping employees engaged and focused, uh, during this time? Because I'm sure they're, they're struggling with the uncertainty of everything as well. So how are you maintaining their sanity and keeping them with their eyes on the, on the goal, so to speak, and, and looking ahead rather than, than focusing on the chaos around them. Um, I mean, I think we're setting clear expectations as to like right now, like the things that we want to accomplish and just explaining that very succinctly um, and saying, Hey guys, this is what we're doing right now. Here's the plan. Here's the strategy. These are the pieces that I need all of you to execute. And this is your job. And I think, you know, it is hard to motivate people and everybody's disrupted right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think setting those expectations clearly with everybody, um, and making sure that they really hear it and say, Hey, this is what everybody's job is just so we're clear. Um, you know, that's a good way to kind of direct people. Awesome. Yeah. And I guess there's some flexibility in there though, right. For their personal kind of uh, uh, being delicate, as you said, that, that some, at times they're going to have down moments and you, I guess you got to just take your foot off the gas a little bit there, or how do you deal oh, with that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's an ebb and flow of that right. too. I right. mean, you know, we're all, we're all having a lot of personal disruption right now. And, and that's why, you know, be like, Hey, this is your job. I don't care how you get it done in the day and when you need to take time for you, but we all take time for us. We all waste time at work anyway, right. like on a day-to-day -day basis, we all do. And it's like, listen, I'm not over your head right. telling you right. not to take a break here or there. Like, I don't care. I just, that's the agreement. You know, if we're going to do this and you know, everybody's going to keep going, then you have to fulfill your end. And that, I think that that's fair. And people understand that yeah. they generally, everybody wants to do well. It's nobody has malicious intent. It's just trying to keep people focused right. when there, there are a lot of distractions. Right. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit more personally about you. You were on our episode, first of all, way back, and we you were kind enough to host us at the Evil Genius Beer Lab. We did a live episode, which was phenomenal, but I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get to know you as an entrepreneur a little bit more and hear more about your past and how you started this amazing organization, Evil Genius, to begin with. So let's go back again to the, to the beginning of Evil Genius and look at, you know, what your thought process was when you developed the brand. You're going into the CPG industry. Obviously, you did a ton of research. You're, you think through a lot of what you plan out and do. There's a lot of uh, a huge plan and organization that goes into it, but you also execute on a high level. So how did you prepare the business for what it eventually became? Did you start with the development of the beer first? Or did you look at the market first and try to find your niche? What was your approach? I mean, every, I mean, it all really started with just loving beer <laughs> and, you know, understanding that, you know, this is a fun industry. That's really great. And there are cool people in it. And I still, I still like it. And that's still my why is I really like what I do. Um, and I think, you know, 
you have to look at it all simultaneously. Like what's the market? How are you going to create, you know, products that are shelf stable and are of a high quality and get them through distribution into retail. So like all of those things, you know, there wasn't one we started with. I mean, it all, they all relate to each other because if you have great products, but no distribution, no one can buy them. And so, you know, it's this whole thing. So, so all of that kind of had to happen at, at the same time. And, you know, we started it, you know, we opened in 2011 and, um, you know, we, you know, the market was very different, you know, there weren't as many breweries, um, but awareness was there and we kind of rode that wave of awareness sort of up to where we, I made plenty of mistakes along the way, you know, and a lot of things, yeah, I probably would change, but you know, like just, just, you know, sometimes you just make dumb mistakes because you move too fast. Right. Like, you know, that kind that kind of stuff, but overall strategically, I think, you know, given the cards that we were dealt, I think we made some good moves. And, you know, also like what I will say is that, you know, in the very beginning of this, you know, we, we have a good balance sheet and like, you know, even just those fundamental business things that you should have, like we have enough for our debt coverage and we had cash on hand. So it's like, you know, you really, you can't just go way out on a limb and be like over leveraged and, you know, money was so cheap and as tempting as it was at times, like, you know, we decided to like reinvest some capital right. into things rather than load up on debt. So it's just, it's just, you know, it's those real block and tackling business decisions that you have to make over time. So there's nothing that like, there's no one decision we made that was really correct. You know, I just think like we've missed some too, but there's definitely been a consistent level of like thoughtful decision-making that we've made. And sometimes we've thought wrong, but you know, other times like now, you know, that means it's, you know, where we can withstand the disruption like this to a degree. I mean, obviously not for, no one can forever, ever, but like, you know, we, we have enough to, you know, we had enough to pay our bills and get ourselves back on our feet and then start ramping up as this got a little better. Right. So for that, I'm very thankful. Right. Yeah. And your, your approach at bootstrapping from day one, bootstrapping from the beginning and not taking on a lot of debt has really helped that is what I'm hearing you say, right? Because your, your self-funding and your cash flow is, nice and healthy so you can maintain that that ability to weather a huge storm even like this right yeah i mean you know like uh, this this was as big of a punch as we've ever faced right um and you know it was hairy there for the first couple of weeks um because you know we either you're just like man dude where who owes us money who do we owe money to right. what's our inventory like you know and it, it's, it's crazy. Um, and that was, that was like seven days a week of the most mentally exhausting work that I've ever, I was so tired. Um, but I'm glad that we did it. And I feel like going through this exercise is definitely going to make us more lean first and more effective and efficient. Cause we learned about like processes and stuff that maybe we didn't do as well before that we can kind of clean up. So it's, awesome. uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a hell of an exercise, but there have been some positives right, too. Right, right. And you mentioned a couple of uh, failures that happened along the way, or a couple of slip-ups, let's call them, that happened along the way, especially early on. What would you say was the biggest one, and how did that, what lesson did you learn from it? How did that lead to where you are today? Um, You know, the, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest slip-ups I mean, there were a lot of them. I mean, I think that there was definitely, definitely a slip up around um, hiring. Like, I think that there were some times when we put the wrong people in the wrong positions and didn't really play to their strengths. 
Um, and, you know, that's really been the biggest thing. It's, you know, we put somebody in a role that, you know, was not a good role for them and it was not a good role for the company, but it was something that they wanted to do. So we let somebody have a shot and, you know, you just have to have an honest conversation with people and say, Hey, this really doesn't, you know, you're stressed out. This is beyond this. This isn't what you thought it was going to be. And I think that having those honest moments with each other and, you know, but also giving people a chance to succeed. Like we've also challenged people and they've done really well. Um, and sometimes, you know, you just miss the mark and you've got to be okay with like, you know, finding another role for that, for that person, or, you know, maybe that person moves on. So, I mean, that, that's been a big, that's been a big challenge for us. Right. Now, shifting back again to the future, and I know we keep going back and forth, but coming out of this, we we're still not certain when we're going to quote unquote, come out of this, but whatever the new normal is, how is evil genius planning for that? And, and are you going to maintain sort of the status quo approach for now? What do you think? I've been really curious myself just to see how food establishments, restaurants, uh, breweries, bars, how they're going to deal with this post whatever, whenever we get released back into the wild. Do you have any idea or any semblance? And I don't mean to put you on the spot if you don't, but it, do you have any idea more or less? No, uh, I mean, you know, we're we're predicting it's going to take like six months to get back. I mean, I think I said that earlier. Yeah. It's like, you know, that we don't, we don't know. I've heard no credible information. Same. Right. Um, if you, if you, had, if you had told me, you know, at the beginning of March that this was going to be our reality, like I would have told you you were crazy. Um, nope. I haven't heard anything credible. So, I mean, we're just going to have to, you know, wait and hope that the people in charge uh, do things safely and sensibly. Right. Um, and, uh, that's the most important thing and kind of roll with the punches when they happen. Yeah. Yep. Um, very interesting. Well, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for sharing your perspective and jumping on the call, uh, remotely. It's been a lot of fun. At least it was great to see you again. And, uh, yeah, man, you too, definitely, man. Thank yeah you. definitely looking forward to seeing you on the, on the tail end of this thing and sharing a beer with you and, uh, and getting past this. Would love to anytime, man. You just let me know. All right? Awesome. Thanks a lot, Luke. Really appreciate it. All right, it. be well, dude. You too. See Thanks you. a lot.